It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Coming away with a victory against the Atlanta Falcons for the New Orleans Saints won't be easy this coming weekend. So what are the three areas where they need to lock up in order to lock up a victory? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, we're free and available on all podcast apps, including on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, CrescentCitySports.com, USA Today, Saints Wire, Tuesdays in Locked On NFL. And here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. Today's episode of Locked On Saints is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security with Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe. 24-7 monitoring agents are able to capture evidence to accurately verify the threat and get you a faster emergency response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more. On today's episode, let me just be real with you, okay? I had an idea. I had an idea this morning. Do you know what R&D is? R&D is research and development. That's basically like when you have a good idea and you think it's going to work, you do a ton of research, you like test it out on people, see how it's going to work, and then you develop it to make it more effective, and then you release it to the general public. I had an idea. I'm skipping R&D. I'm using the idea. We'll see if it works. That's how it is here at Locked On. I ain't got to get approval from people. I get to just do what I want, and that's why I love it here. So, What we're doing today is taking a look at three areas where the New Orleans Saints must lock up this weekend. So you're starting to see where I'm going here. Locked on Saints, locked up. It's not good, Ross, if you have to explain it, but that's okay. So we're going to just take a look at these three places where the Saints need to lock up. These things individually won't lead to a make or break moment for the Atlanta Falcons or the New Orleans Saints, but combined all going one way could swing the entire thing. And we actually started to see that in their week one matchup. So we're going to start off with the run game. Then we'll take a look at the interior on the defensive side, right, for the New Orleans Saints, their offense. And then we'll take a look at locking up the lone pass catcher for the Atlanta Falcons. So let's start off with locking up Cordero Patterson and the Atlanta Falcons run game. This is where the New Orleans Saints had so much trouble the last time that these two teams met in week one. Gave up 120 rushing yards to Cordero Patterson, including a touchdown, average five and a half yards per carry on the ground. Mind you, 22 carries in this game, 120 yards, had a long of only 15. So he was just dicing up these New Orleans Saints and this run defense. And that's really where we started to have a little bit of concern. And we started to see like, okay, this might not be the same run defense that we had seen in years past. Didn't realize it was going to turn into what it's turned into so far this season, which has been not only not the top five, uh, top three sometimes run defense that we're accustomed to seeing, but right now the New Orleans Saints ranked 
20, oh, excuse me, 19th in the NFL when it comes to rushing yards given up over on that side of the ball. By the way, they're only 22nd in the NFL in terms of rushing yards gained by a team over on the offensive side as well. So for the Saints, locking up that run game, keeping Cordell Patterson at bay, absolutely huge for them. Now, another sort of big piece of the run game last week or last time that these two teams met was Marcus Mariota as well. Marcus Mariota ran for over 70 yards in that game. A lot of scrambling, a lot of just being pesky, kind of doing the things that he likes to do. Now, he's not going to be the quarterback in this game. Remember, it's going to be Desmond Ritter who's the quarterback in this one. But Desmond Ritter, not any slouch over in the run game either. He's somebody that has been able to pick up those yards on the ground before, did it during his collegiate days at Cincinnati. It is an element of his game and something that the New Orleans Saints are still going to have to deal with uh, over the course of this game. Now, I know that there are a lot of folks that are a bit concerned with um, with Desmond Ritter getting his first start with the or against the New Orleans Saints. And I understand that. The good news for the Saints, though, and I'm trying to grab from Drew Prochet here, uh, that the New Orleans Saints have faced, let's see, 25 quarterbacks have had their first start versus the Saints. That is something that usually scares a lot of people. They always talk about, well, the Saints always lose to first start quarterbacks and all of that. Saints are actually 16-8-1 in those games. Jalen Hurts was the most recent, and Jalen Hurt, the New Orleans Saints, there's absolutely no doubt about that, but the Saints have done this before. And actually, Drew also put out here, and you can follow more, you could follow Drew on Twitter at Talent Stats to get more here, uh, Pat Sullivan. Kurt Kittner, as well as Matt Schaub. Those are actually three quarterbacks that all got their first NFL start for the Atlanta Falcons against the New Orleans Saints. The Saints have won all three of those games. So one of the big things that you're going to see the Atlanta Falcons doing with a quarterback getting his first NFL start in this one is leaning on the run game, right? So if you're able to take the run game away, if you're able to keep Cordero Patterson from averaging five and a half yards per carry on the ground, which by the way, he did in week 13 against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, which the Saints struggled mightily to run against as well, then you're going to be in for a problem. You have to be able to limit that run game, not allow them to have that type of composure, not allow them to have sort of the multi-dimensional aspect that you need to keep a rookie quarterback clean. Now, the big thing that you're looking at in terms of your concern around Desmond Ritter, beyond him just being a rookie and getting his first start, which remember, the Saints aren't as bad as you initially think that they are in those situations. The fact of the matter is that he is still a mobile quarterback, which is something the Saints have struggled against uh, here recently. He's not somebody that is going to do it all with his legs. He's not a Jalen Hurts. He's not a Lamar Jackson. He's not those guys, but he can extend plays and he can be pesky in that way. But he's always going to be looking to throw the ball and he's going to be looking to get the aid of that run game around him as well. So if you keep that limited, then that ends up having a big factor on this matchup. So locking up the run game becomes important for the New Orleans Saints. But it doesn't stop there. New Orleans Saints are also going to have to flip the script here over on the offensive side and take a look at how they lock up the defensive interior. One player in particular was absolutely disruptive for the Atlanta Falcons against the New Orleans Saints week one when the offensive line was healthy. How do they fix that? Well, there's a big return potentially on the way for the New Orleans Saints that could make things a lot better. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. In today's episode... Brought to you by friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all the sports wagering information that you're looking for odds, lines, props, news, scores, articles, everything. They've even got podcasts as well. I know you're a fan of sports podcasts because here you are. 
Don't miss the ones over at Bet Online as well that help you get the edge, understand the trends, and get in on all of the action, of course, across uh, sports wagering. Right now, you can go over to the website, betaline.net. You can check out all of that stuff. You can also look at the odds, lines, and props that are available as well. You can see you know, the game spreads. You can see uh, uh, end of year awards. You can see uh, you know, NBA, MLB, NHL. There's so much stuff for you to dig into over at Bet Online. Every line that we use here across the entirety of the Lockdown Podcast Network is a Bet Online odd. They are our exclusive online betting partners, and we know that you'll love them. So go and check them out today. It's betonline.net where the game starts. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. family continuing on with today's episode of locked on saints locking up the run game for the new orleans saints defense is very important but locking up the defensive interior very important for the new orleans saints on the offensive side so it becomes about the trenches early in this matchup between the new orleans saints and the atlanta falcons later on this week thank you very much as always making locked on saints your first listen of the day every day don't forget for your second listen also go and check out locked on sports today getting you up to date with everything you need to know around the world of sports bring you the insight that way that only the Locked On local experts can. Find it on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So coming up later on today, by the way, we will still have another episode of Locked On Saints. We are in the midst of our two-a-days as we continue to wrap up the season. It'll be our mock drafts. I looked at where the New Orleans Saints could be picking in the second round and then took a look at where some of the potential trade partners that could be interested in Sean Payton also picked and then went through who I would select in those categories. So we'll have a bunch of different players to talk about, start to get a little bit into uh, where the New Orleans Saints should be investing and where they could potentially afford to take a luxury pick like a wide receiver, for instance. So we're going to break all of that down uh, in another episode later on today. But of course, we're always looking at quarterback as well. So for the New Orleans Saints, in addition to locking up the run game for their defense, they also need to lock up the interior on offense. Grady Jarrett last year, what last year, last time these two teams met up, which was earlier this year, the first game this year, feels like such a long time ago, um, was absolutely disruptive against the New Orleans Saints. He led the, uh, he didn't lead the team in tackles, but he was up there in terms of total tackles. He was second for the uh, Atlanta Falcons in total tackles with six, included three assisted and three uh, sort of solo tackles, but he also had one and a half sacks and totaled five different pressures in this game as well, including those those two sacks that he was in on, as well as three additional pressures or three additional hurries and had a win percentage of 15.6 despite rushing the passer 34 times. So he was consistently beating that New Orleans Saints offensive interior. Now, we've seen guys like Cesar Ruiz take massive strides forward all throughout the season, all of that. He could be a bit of a difference maker here, but another guy that could be a difference maker is Eric McCoy. Eric McCoy is eligible to return from injured reserve this week, and the Saints just let go or waived Josh Andrews, who had been starting for them at center. Now, last week, they shifted things up a little bit. Cesar Ruiz started at center. Calvin Throckmorton came in at right guard. 
But this is something to definitely keep an eye out on because even if the Saints were comfortable with that, you'd still keep Josh Andrews in the building in case you have any other injuries or things like that and you need to shuffle the offensive line anymore. So them moving on from Josh Andrews could potentially signify that when when we go to the Saints training facility tomorrow on Wednesday, that Eric McCoy could be back and working his way back to getting back out on the field. That would be a huge benefit for the New Orleans Saints. Moving on from Josh Andrews could also could also signal one other thing. James Hurst has some guard tackle versatility. One of the things that we've discussed here on the show over the course of the past couple of episodes is how important it could be to get Trevor Penning some reps at left tackle this week. Could the moving on from Josh Andrews signify that the Saints really liked where Cesar Ruiz was at center? Eric McCoy is not necessarily back yet. They could potentially move James Hurst to guard, let Calvin Throckmorton be an extra guy, and then start Trevor Penning at left tackle. So there's a way for both of those guys to start on the offensive line as soon as this Sunday, something that Zach Streif acknowledged before the season began in his interview with WWL-TV and Brooke Kirchhofer, where he said, yeah, there's absolutely a possibility that both of those guys could start or find their way to starting this year. That could be a way that they go. It seems most likely, though, that the Josh Andrews wave does seem to signify that the Saints may be bringing back Eric McCoy now that he's eligible to come off of injured reserve. So we'll see. We'll see which way they go. But if they go that way, that does end up having a big impact for limiting Grady Jarrett. Yes, Eric McCoy was there when Grady Jarrett gave up, you know, when Grady Jarrett had five pressures and one and a half sacks the last time that these two teams played. But we've also seen some strides forward for Cesar Ruiz on the interior, some strides forward for Andrews Pete on the interior. So you could basically look at this and say, okay, what would you rather? Would you rather Eric McCoy be back out there or would you rather a showing like week one, but against Josh Andrews? I think you'll take the former, but the Saints are going to have to figure out how to lock up that interior and allow themselves the opportunity to continue to be able to at least be some kind of aggressive over on the offensive side. And in particular, also get their run game going. This is something that the New Orleans Saints have struggled with week after week after week, pretty much since what the Raiders game, the Ram. No, really kind of since the Raiders game. And so, or maybe the Bengals game? Yeah, maybe the Bengals game. So I, I look at this and, and, and you look at where the New Orleans Saints are right now on the season, and you need at this point to be able to figure out how do you get Alvin Kamara involved? How do you continue to be aggressive? You, you say that you're moving ahead with Andy Dalton because you, know, you feel that there are things that you can do better around him. So then some of that has to come down to the aggression. If you're weak on the interior, you can't be aggressive with nothing. You can't be aggressive in the run game. You can't buy the time to be aggressive in the passing game. The pressure coming up the middle is going to scare you away from taking risks on third and fourth downs, things like that. Like It's just not a good formula. And this is a formula that the Saints have been subject to while dealing with injuries on the offensive line, but also early on in the season, even when the offensive line was healthy and Grady Jarrett was eating some lunch. So you need to make sure that you're locking up the defensive interior or locking up your offensive interior and keeping their defensive interior at bay if you are the New Orleans Saints. You're able to do that, then all of a sudden that combined with also limiting their path, their 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 rush game makes them one-dimensional over on the offensive side, makes them desperate on the defensive side, allows you to control the tone of the game a little bit. But you got to be careful because you also can't let them have their way in the passing game. If you take away the run game, you can't just give it up to them in the passing game. You got to be able to limit that as well. And the Falcons have basically an option, an option. And he's going to get a lot of attention with a rookie quarterback. That's wide receiver Drake London, who 
is going to be locking him down? That's a big question. And how will the New Orleans Saints lock him down? One way or another, they got to figure it out. We're going to get to that as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Before we get to it, I want to tell you about our friends because today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. PrizePicks.com or the Prize Picks app, either one, it's Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made the way that it should be, made super easy. All you have to do is go and pick two to five players, choose whether or not they're going to come in at more or less than their prize picks projection. Takes you like 60 seconds to submit your uh, to submit your entry. Once you put that entry in, if you get those projections right, or if they're coming at you know your your picks right, then all of a sudden you're winning up to 10 times your entry right off the bat. It's that simple. It's you versus the house. It's you, your knowledge of the game, your favorite players, your favorite teams, the matchups, all that stuff. It's not you versus a bunch of mystery lineups that you really don't know what's going on there, taking a trying to win a small pot of a big old uh, pool. No, no, no. It's none of that. You put the entry in and then you can win that entry back tenfold just by simply knowing the game of football, basketball, MLB. They've got pickleball. They've got uh, CCS Go. They have so much stuff that you can check out. So go and check them out today for Counter-Strike Go. CS Go, my bad, not CCS. That's the that's the other language. Anyway, make sure you go and check them out. It's PrizePix, prizepix.com. Don't forget, you can get a 100% into the deposit match by using the promo code Locked On up to $100. So you put $100 down, they'll give you $100. You put $50 down, they'll give you $50. You can get that deposit match 100% up to $100 by simply entering the promo code Locked On at prizepix.com or the PrizePix app today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's get it. Houdat Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints, looking at where the New Orleans Saints need to lock up in order to lock up a victory this weekend. Can they get it done? So that would go a long way for them, if nothing else, if nothing else. I mean, if they can't lock up these three areas, it's going to be a bad, bad viewing experience for fans. And so you don't want that to be the case either. So the last piece here is going to be Locking up the pass catcher. The one pass catcher, effectively, that the Atlanta Falcons have at their disposal, Kyle Pitts, is on injured reserve. He's done for the season. Cordero Patterson is going to be more of a um, more of a run threat. Don't allow him to get mixed up in the passing game, though. You're absolutely right about that. And then there are some other guys that you're going to be watching as well. But the big player that you're keeping an eye out on here is Drake London. Uh, Drake London had uh, not the biggest game against the New Orleans Saints the last time that they met his first NFL action. He was targeted seven times, had five catches for 74 yards. Uh, that's that's not bad. Like, that's not a bad place to be at all if you're a rookie. But that was his first start. Now you've sort of seen him get a little bit more in rhythm. He was targeted 12 times, had six catches for 95 yards. Uh, the last time that he played up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, that was just two weeks ago. The Atlanta Falcons also got him involved a little bit against the Washington Commanders as well, where he had two catches for 29 yards. So, you know, it kind of goes up and down. And in that game where he had two catches for 29 yards, they were really, really focused in on Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is the player that had caught the pass over on the the wheel route on the outside that uh, Pete Werner had punched out. Talk about a name that you might 
love to see back in the game uh, here this week. Pete Werner is definitely one of those guys. But, you know, we've seen now that they're getting Drake London more and more involved. There's high hopes for him, all of that. He's a big play threat. He's a bigger play threat than you expect at his size and, and his stature. So you want to keep him locked up as well. And if there's one person that can lock him up, it's Marshawn Lattimore. And Marshawn Lattimore could potentially be back this week. Remember, he had been back at practice for the past couple of weeks, weeks 12, week 13, where he was limited all throughout practice, but didn't get back out on the field. Week 14, he had the bye week. Now he's coming back week 15. Could he potentially be back out on the field? He's coming back from a bad injury, severe injury with the lacerated kidney. Suffered all the way back 10 weeks ago, basically now in week five against the Seattle Seahawks. So if you can get him back out on the field, having him matched up with a big physical uh, uh, rookie is not a bad situation if you're you are the New Orleans Saints. You got to answer the question about who you start on the opposite side there based upon what the New Orleans Saints have done so far here throughout the season. You imagine they're going to go status quo, which would mean that Paul Sanadibo would be the guy over there on the outside. And they generally play sides. So if Drake London moves over to the other side, then he's going to be matched up with Paulson and Debo, just like it'd be matched up with uh, with uh, Marshall Lattimore. If Marshall Lattimore is not able to go, same thing. Paulson Debo, you know, on the 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 one side against him, Alante Taylor when he lines up on the other side. So you're looking at three potential cornerbacks that could potentially be in the face of Drake London, and each of them needs to keep him limited. Because again, if you're keeping the run game limited. If you're controlling the pace over on the offensive side by controlling that interior, not feeling that your clock is rushed, anything like that, as your offensive line hopefully is getting healthier if you're the New Orleans Saints. The next thing is just making sure Drake London doesn't go off. Like it's that simple. I mean, I don't want to say it's that simple, but like that's a big, big piece. And he is a big framed wide receiver. There's no tight end there. The the run game, you know, could potentially be something or the the sorry, the players out of the backfield as receivers could potentially be something. Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson, those could be guys that that um, uh, Desmond Ritter relies on. But for the most part, downfield, you know, the forward pass of the NFL, even though the NFL can't figure out what the heck a catch is, that's going to be to Drake London for the most part. And, you know, they've got other guys. They've got guys like Anthony Ferkser. They've got guys like Zacchaeus. They have these guys that they could also potentially lean in on. But if you can keep Drake London limited, that ends up going a, a long, long, long way for you. And um, look, the Saints, man, on, on their secondary, they have not had their starting secondary together for a, the, the intended starting secondary together for a single snap so far this season. Remember, the starters were supposed to be going from basically left to right if you're looking at them from the offensive left to right, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, um, and then some, you know, some flip flop of Marcus May and Tyron Matthew, Bradley Roby, and Paulson Adebo. Those five guys have not taken a single snap together so far this season, not a one. And Bradley Roby's, you know, was in concussion protocol here just last week. We'll see now that he's come out of the bye week, he'll probably be fine. If Marshawn Lattimore is able to go, this might be the first time we actually see the Saints have their starting five, quote unquote in their secondary all season, all season. And maybe there's some communication things with that. Maybe there's some rust to knock off from Marshawn Lattimore, who hasn't played football in like 10 weeks. That's all possible. But if your role is to limit a rookie in the passing game, you should be able to do that. So the Saints should be in good position to get that done. So if they're able to lock up the run game, if they're able to lock up and protect their own interior on the offensive side, and if they're able to lock up the pass catcher in Drake London, the Saints should be able to come away with a win in this game. None of these things individually, I think, decide the game, but them as a group can definitely do that. So if the Saints are able to lock up, 
in those places, and they could lock up a W and advance to five and nine on the season. I never thought we would be talking about that, huh? Never thought we'd be talking about that at this point in the year. But that's where the New Orleans Saints are. That's where they're headed. That's what they have to do. Coming up later today, episode two for you. You know, we're in our two-a-day game right now. So we're going to be going on to uh, mock drafts. And the way that I did the mock draft basically was that I looked at where the Saints would be drafting a second round, pulled together like five or six different candidates in the second round. We'll look at that first. Then we'll take a look at some of the potential Sean Payton trade partners and where they pick in the first and second rounds. Los Angeles Chargers, the Arizona Cardinals, even Denver Broncos. You know, We know that one's kind of like lower down the list, but we can look at all those and then kind of get an idea of, okay, what that would mean. And then we can start to really have that conversation, right? Like, would you rather have these draft picks that can translate to these players or Sean Payton? So we can continue that conversation, but also take a look at the most likely scenario, which is the Saints getting, uh, you know, some draft picks back in some uh, capacity for Sean Payton's right. So we're going to break that down with our mock draft Tuesday for you coming up later on today. Appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget for your second listen, I also go and check out Locked on Sports today. Everything you need to know around the world of sports, biggest takes, biggest takeaways, biggest stories, highlights, everything that you need. Uh, you could find it on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate you as always making me a part of your day, part of your routine, saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.